You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is episode number 1099. 70 million people in the world are in need of a wheelchair but cannot afford one. Free Wheelchair Mission is a nonprofit organization that provides wheelchairs at no cost to people in developing nations. I've invited President and CEO Don Schoendorfer back to the show to talk to us about how they are transforming lives through the gift of mobility. Don, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me back. It's great to have you back, my friend. And my engineer wants you to speak a little closer to the microphone okay, so can we that. can rock and roll. So uh, for those that might have missed, because you were an early guest here on the radio show, I have to go back and see how long ago it was. But we've, we've stayed in touch for a number of years. Yes. Um, tell the, the audience a bit about your path to this organization. Well, I was, you know, was sort of born to be an engineer, and I spent studied hard to get a good education, and and I did well designing and getting products through our FDA for medical hospital use, and and was very happy doing that um, for 25 years. Right. And then having the experience of having daughters, teenage daughters, brought my wife and me to our knees, and uh, we realized that we. We had problems we couldn't solve ourselves, and we wound up surrendering. Okay. Uh, and coming back to church, and that, that was Mariner's Church, and it's mm-hmm. a long story about why. But then, and, and I was just going to church on a Sunday and going back to work on a Monday like the normal guy. Back, it was almost like I didn't go to church on Sunday. Okay. And then I started to feel after a couple of years of that, I, I have to get off the sidewalk here. I've got to get out into the road and start doing some things. So, tried tutoring, tried mentoring, and. I wasn't good at either one of them, and just one day woke up and said, you know, why would I ever consider I would be good at those? I'm not that kind of person. I'm an introverted engineer. Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking, I've got these great gifts that God gave me. What can I use them for? And I can invent things. I can make things work. I can get things proven that they do work. So uh, I went back to thinking of a lady that my wife and I saw in 79. This was 20 years ago, before this Okay. This renaissance, right? Trying to get across the road on her on her stomach. What? Crawling on the road in a small part of an old city in Morocco, and uh, even then I was concerned, and I carried that image around for many years. That's haunting, actually. That you know, thinking about why is it this way, and why is nobody caring around her and doing nothing about it, and it was just I, we walked away thinking this is this is life in a developing world. Right. But uh, it took a long time, like 20 years, to put that in perspective of what can I do about it. Uh-huh. And uh, maybe that, I'm not so sure why. I started looking into wheelchairs, and I could use the Internet for a research tool back in the late 90s, and I could find out that there's this tremendous need. Uh, we've converged on a number near, now with 70 million. Right. But the fact is it's not known, and it's more than that. But people going without a wheelchair, how could that be? It's unacceptable. Right. And, you know, in this country, it's hard to imagine crawling on the ground. Yes. And yet, this is a common thing for these 70 million people. That's a big number. And I looked into, well, who was doing what about it? And there are people, organizations that have spent 20 years working really hard, putting their heart, their, their, their souls into solving this problem. But they were using used American wheelchairs, very okay. expensive ones, too. And they were broken down, so they had to renovate them. Or they were buying 
traditional wheelchairs and trying to solve it either way and what and not only in this country but in european countries africa the other countries there was probably 30 organizations working on it. i added up both all that they had accomplished in 1999 and it was 100,000 wheelchairs oh my goodness and that we are using the number 100 million then and you can convert it to 70 million now but it's, it's a fraction of a percent right and it wasn't I could see they weren't going to get there from right. there. And, and they don't even, I don't mean to interrupt you, Don Schoendorfer, but it sounds like that may not be the right tool f- to solve the problem either. And I didn't realize that at the time. Okay. It wasn't until I got a chance to try to walk in the developing countries' terrain, and I realized how tough this terrain is. Uh, you know, and, right. and these wheelchairs are not designed for that. There's no need to have that kind of design of a chair in the United States. We have curbs and ramps and right. elevators and right. all this other stuff. So. I went about it the least expensive way I could, thinking there's a big number we've got to get up off the ground. We just got to get people up off the ground. Yeah, there's a lot of other things you can do, but if I was one of these 70 million, I would really be happy if I was just not in the mud. That's a very different life, right? Yeah, very different attitude or perspective right. about life too. And and so I got the least expensive chair I could find and least expensive tires which are bicycle tires because they're made by the millions okay now hold on a second you said the least expensive chair yeah a white okay. resin lawn chair okay so yeah. put that in your mind audience yeah well, yeah it's a white resin chair like you sit in in a restaurant or okay. in, in a in patio a patio right and it's pretty comfortable okay and it's you can't adjust it and that was the disadvantage we had but we figured at least for adults it would work fine and connected the two and got off with an idea that we could make this chair for forty dollars thirty dollars it wasn't we didn't include shipping or a white resin chair, four wheels, yeah, and a footrest. And okay, what type of wheels? Mountain bike tires, okay. nice wide tread okay. tires. Stuff that, that would be yeah, because that would be an advantage. Even though I didn't know it at the time, it was you know because the ground is soft, right? Muddy and you know, right. and it's not Harsh. paved, right? And all of that, they're built for mountain. They call them mountain bikes, so you can take a mountain on with them. And so they have a strong <laughs> frame, and a strong rim, and strong spokes and so that's what we got started on in 2001 and frankly i wasn't going to do anything more than give a hundred away and write a paper about the safety and efficacy of this new approach to solving mobility were you still working yes okay so this was was a hobby hobby. yeah Yeah, okay you know i had a hundred of these prototype wheelchairs in the garage and well everybody just wanted me to get them out of the garage it was embarrassing (laughs) to open the door and I had a chance to take four of them to India with a mission trip with Mariner's Church. And the very first chair we gave away was, it's just completely rearranged my life. But also... Seeing it. And also the people with me. Because no one else could see how this was going to fit. Because it okay. doesn't look like a wheelchair, and certainly not a conventional wheelchair. Right, like Western, and, like, right. And I had no answers. People would ask me, they're, you know, they're trying, they're trying to help no you right. by asking questions that they think you probably should be thinking about, like who's going to pay for them, who's going to give them away, who's going to do the training, yeah. who's going to do the shipping, how are you going to get them into the country, all this stuff. And I, w- I just, I just want to do an experiment. I just want to prove that this is going to work. I'm going to write a paper, and I'm going to go back to my regular thinking of, you know, right. and that'll be the end. All That's all I'll need to do. Okay. Uh, well, I got back from that uh, trip to India, and while I was gone, the company I was working for went bankrupt. Oh. So, uh, also when I gave the first wheelchair away, I was able to get a group of, uh, of Christian mission organ pe- people in India into a Hindu village. And the excitement of getting this chair for this 11-year-old child was so great that the pastor was able to share the gospel. 
which I thought was okay. That seems like a typical thing to do. Why not? Because that's right. why I was there. Uh huh. And he later told me he he's never seen people pay attention to him before. They usually mock him. Hmm. Or they walk away, and yet these people were all ears because they're trying to figure out why is this boy who, who's got cerebral palsy and, is, and hardly ever sees daylight is getting this brand new wheelchair. And our partners realized that wheelchair got the door open, mm. and they wanted to, they, so the next day they're driving me all around Chennai, India, showing me all the disabled people that they wanted to give wheelchairs to. They wanted to be our distribution partner. I didn't even know I was going to have a problem <laughs> with a distribution partner, but right. the connection was made by them, and they wow. said, and they, they've been a partner ever since, uh, giving out trailers because it enables them to do their Christian work. Okay, it's a perfect match. Right, right. Get the door open. So, needless to say, you were able to find homes for those first hundred chairs. Yes. It took about a year. Okay. And it was really hard to ship 43 chairs or 45 chairs at a time. And then through people I met at Mariners and, you know, word spread, reputation spread, or the success spread. So people you were actually literally sending me money in the mail for more wheelchairs. H- had you formed free wheelchair mission at that point? No, no. See, I, again, I'm fighting with, you know, I've got this career I've worked for 30 years to establish uh-huh. in medical products for the United States, and this is not that. This right. is something else. And this is, they use the word nonprofit. I had no clue. And so, you know, the dummy series? They mm-hmm. have XL for dummies, You're Microsoft right. for dummies. Right. They have a nonprofit for dummies. Okay. It was like a Bible for me. Okay. Wow, and it just went chapter to chapter and got a nonprofit together, and we came up with the name Free. Okay, so the last date I heard you say was two thousand and one. Yes. How long did it take you after that trip to India in two thousand and one to to create Free Wheelchair Mission? About a year. Okay. Yeah. And in that time, you were still kind of still working, settling on what you were going to do, right? Well, still trying to work. I was trying to consult and trying to keep get you know keep food on the table. Sure. And my wife was staying a stay at home mom and. And then after about four months, she decided, you know, I've worked and she's stayed at home for 14 years and her kid, our kids are growing up. So she was going to reverse the, mm. uh, the plan and she went back to work so I could just do this full time. Wow. Okay. So we're going to take a break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. And <clears throat> Don, when we come back, <clears throat> I want to fast forward into today. Perfect. And, and all that you've been able to accomplish since that first trip in 2001. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're talking with Don Schoendorfer. He is the president and CEO of Free Wheelchair Mission, and we're going to talk more about his mission and the fine work that he's doing around the globe after this word from me. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. 
And welcome back to this edition, our nonprofit edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. You know, all of our shows can be heard anytime on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show and their companies put the appearance on their platform somewhere. Since we started our show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through our live stream here on octalkradio.net, podcasts, and other platforms that we use. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software to be able to start getting our weekly shows with great guests like Don Schoendorfer, who is president and CEO of Free Wheelchair Mission. Don, I said before the break I wanted to kind of catch us up now. So let's talk about the organization here in 2018. Well, now we have an office near the Spectrum in Irvine. We've got 33 full-time employees. We've got employees in in Central America and and Vietnam, and we uh, we're moving about 80,000 wheelchairs this year, and uh, we've given our millionth wheelchair away about a year ago in Peru. Congratulations! I remember seeing that. That is un. Believable. So how has the chair changed? Well, we still offer that chair that I described in the first section. Okay. Uh, it's, it's dropping down into just a few percent of what we, we distribute. We have a, we've learned along the way that there's a, you know, if, without too much extra funds to spend, or money to spend in the design of the chair, you can make it adjustable. And you can make people a lot more comfortable in it. And they're a lot healthier because the chair helps them grow straight and mm. kind of compensate for their, dis- their whatever disabilities they may have, the physical disabilities. So we made what we call a Gen 2, which is adjustable, different sizes, four different sizes. And then we realized, you know, we've got to do something about this width. Because the chair is a rigid chair. It's strong, very strong. You can throw it from a truck and it'll survive. Mm-hmm. But you can't get it into a doorway of a lot of people's homes because they don't have the, the standards like we have 30 inch doors okay they have doorways sometimes you have to turn sideways to get into oh and we'd ask them well do you want us to assemble your chair inside or outside because you're not going to get it through the door mm-hmm. we've actually seen people move the door hmm. because they still want that wheelchair but that's uncommon but invariably they say inside okay we've well, given the chair they're going to use it inside but i mean what can you do about this I mean, it's a chair. You've got to get it through. So right. they've had fold-up chairs for 100 years, and but they're expensive, they're okay. more expensive. And this way, we figured out a way with a lot of help from some colleagues and supporters all around the world to have a fold-up chair. Wow. And it's, that's our Gen 3. It's a little heavier. It's a little, you know, because it's got that fold-up mechanism. But it turns out to be a um, very sought-after chair. And, for you know, it's a little bit more money, so we've got to be careful about... A lot of places, the the rural areas, a rigid frame is valuable. Okay. But in the urban areas, especially in places where they need to use public transportation. And some of our partners actually go, they give away a Gen 2, which is the the rigid frame, and then they go visit the person's home and they say, you know, you're okay with a Gen 2 because the doorways are wide, Mm -hmm. or you need a Gen 3 because I see you're stuck inside. Okay. And then they're very carefully using actually what we say good stewardship and giving away the donations we have to the chairs appropriately for the appropriate person. So I have a a number of questions. We're not going to be able to get to all of them today. But one thing that I remember that you mentioned to me on the previous time you were on the radio show is not only how this chair, these chairs, change the life of the person who needs the chair, but also the family who previously had to spend a lot of energy in helping this immobile person become somewhat more mobile. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit about that? I don't think, over these years, 17 years, I don't think I've ever seen someone by themselves 
with a disability that presents them, prevents them from walking, I don't think you could survive. Mm -hmm. They sometimes it's a neighbor. Wow. Sometimes it's the community that adopts a on person. their back or helping. Them. Well, they're, they're they're bringing food to them. Maybe they can't carry them. Maybe they're okay. too big to be carried. Okay. Or maybe they're too frail. But they're they've been adopted by family members, um, neighborhoods, uh, churches, and they're they're sometimes it's twenty four seven care that these people have to give to these to, you know, the, the person with a disability. Uh, when you bring a chair. You've you've removed the burden of sh on the shoulders of lots of people. Right. Sometimes three, sometimes five, sometimes even more. Wow. Because they can now focus on their lives they used to have before they had this responsibility. They can go back to work. Somebody can take if as a child you can get the child to school, which you couldn't before because they're too heavy and it was going to break your back to do that. Or you can you can get somebody to watch over the child, and you can get a job. And, mm -hmm. and you know, there's a lot of community services in a developing country. It's amazing. It's hard to see where a family ends and the next family begins. There's a blend. Wow. So you get a lot of this community care, but without the chair, the immobility places a person, places a person in sometimes a dark room. Mm. And we've given chairs to people that haven't seen daylight for 25 years. Oh my God. And they're just wondering. They're asking questions about a park that they heard was built, and no one knows what they're talking about. And finally, somebody who's been around the neighborhood is saying, oh, yeah, that was the one they were building 25 years ago. Do you want to go see it? Right. What? What? I can see it. Right. They've been imagining what it looks like for all these years, and they go out and so, uh, see uh, the sun. That's, that's an amazing story, and it's really it's easy to connect to the emotion behind that. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, how do you... A million chairs is a significant accomplishment um, over the years how do you decide who gets the chair well one of the smartest things we've we did um, and I think we've had a lot of help from God in making these decisions about what we did is we decide not to give these chairs away ourselves okay we'd give them to the mission distribution partners we call them distribution partners the majority of them are faith-based Christian partners that are around the world trying to do their mission work. And they've, like I mentioned to you, what happened in India, what they've learned is this, this allows them to do the work that they started, which mm. could be running an orphanage or a hospital or feeding the poor or, you know, building buildings. And But the chair is giving them a reputation in the community and awareness and an appreciation because you know, when you give somebody a wheelchair, it's a, it is a, a, a minute kind of a, or sometimes just seconds, you change somebody's life. Yes. It's very newsworthy, so they get in the newspapers, they get a lot of respect from the governments. Mm. And so we give the containers to partners, and they decide. Okay. So they, they, they actually pay dearly for this. Sometimes they have to pay for the whole process of getting the chairs through the customs and mm. duties and transportation and storage and then selecting the people and then paying for the transportation to get these chairs out. Because these people can't usually come to a center, they have to be brought to the center, or the right. wheelchair has to go to their front door. But the, they've they make these decisions, and mm -hmm. we ask them, we want to make sure you give it this chair to somebody that's got to be safe. Got to make sure that they're safe in this chair. And that means training. We never thought of that before, because what what would an engineer know about this? But we you know along the ways we've gotten people that really want us to improve, and they've helped us learn how to train a family or the caretakers on how to transfer in and out of the chair, how to do exercises, mm. how to you know make sure that the person is comfortable in the chair, and how to maintain the chair. So do you have a sense for, are these going to children, middle-aged, elderly? Who, where, where are the chairs landing? It seems like in most of the world, the focus is on the elderly. Okay. 
they respect the elderly, you know, Asian uh, cultures especially, this is true. So uh, we don't see as many chairs going to children as we would like. Okay. But we don't really have a child chair anyway. We have a chair that's for a, a young or a small adult. Uh-huh. It's only 13 inches wide, which, you know, they have to be probably 45 pounds or 50 pounds to actually fit in that chair. That doesn't mean they aren't they are given to children, but uh, we hope we're doing enough training to, to inform the people how to put pillows or cardboard mm-hmm. spacers or something in there so they'll sit straight up mm. you know how important it is to have your child sit straight up while they're growing right so that they you know will stand even if they can't walk it's still important for them to be able to develop a straight spine and be up you know and bones because yes. uh, and that's what we need a chair to do that so i i have in my mind that when you were on the show before you left me with this thought that you were getting people out of the dirt is that a fair thing to sort of recall yeah it did some countries it's acceptable and necessary to crawl and, and literally literally uh, literally are getting them out of the dirt some countries that's socially unacceptable to be actually out crawling you just don't see it right and they're the sad you know it might sound sound really sad when your listeners hear that crawling on the ground is but it's more desirable than not being able to Yes. Because be. you have no independence at all when you right. can't. You have to wait for somebody to come move you. Right. And so there's a level where there are people who are crawling. That's sad and it's terrible to look at. But then there's another level where they can't get out anywhere. They're, they're, you're, you may be rescuing them from a hammock. Mm. Or they may be laying on the ground. Or it might be a mat. Or maybe they could be even a bed. But you're, whatever it is, you're rescuing them from yes. the, immobi- the, the situation of being totally immobile. So if someone listening live here on OC Talk Radio or watching the live feed on Facebook or maybe in the future podcast would like to donate or get involved with your mission, your chair, how do they find Free Wheelchair Mission? Well, the easiest way is on our website. We've okay. got a great website, okay. freewheelchairmission.org. There's no spaces between the letters, freewheelchairmission.org. Got it. But we're on Facebook, book, we're on uh, all the other social media platforms uh, we're becoming very sophisticated now it took sure. us took us a while sure. certainly took me a while and um, we have opportunities for people in Orange County to get involved with our our program we have a, actually a marathon coming up at Orange County Marathon we have a lot of runners hmm. coming up running this coming Saturday and oh, Sunday well, that's a great time and uh, with our office in Irvine you know we don't give away chairs in the United States because there's there's options for most people in the states, although there's still a need. Uh-huh. But there's still things to do where we could use volunteers in the office. Okay. Um, and and it doesn't have. To, it's not just stamps and folding envelopes. You know, you can donate your talent, which is a is you know depending on what your talent is, could right. be awesome for free will at your mission. But but you know, it all comes down to. And one thing I have to tell you, this wheelchair, eighty dollars. Wow. Is what it costs to have one made shipped and delivered wow eighty dollars uh and it get and it's given away totally free it has right. to be given away free with no discrimination it, regardless of what your religion your sex your age whatever it is your nationality mm-hmm. your race you get a wheelchair if you need one that's awesome for free i on behalf of everybody that's listening it doesn't have a voice because they're just listening thank you for what you've done this is amazing 70 million in need you've made a dent in that at a million and hopefully you will continue this for quite some time to come and you can come back on the show and tell us about the future successes second million by 2025 that's okay. our goal okay and another way i can break this down for listeners well, that's half the time it took us to do the first one million. okay so you're accelerating and it's it's seven dollars a month for a year 
to get somebody a change in their life, which right. could extend forever. Right. Well, thank you for being a friend of the program and coming back and sharing an update on your organization. It's, it's inspiring what you're doing, Don. Thank you for letting me reach out to you, your, your listening audience. Obviously, this is something worth knowing about, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you two will, are similarly moved by what Don said today and maybe become involved in helping his organization with their outreach. And I'd also like to thank Paul Roberts, the engineer for today's show, our producers without whom we could not do this show, Crystal Nunley. Haley Stern, and Joan Park. I'd also like to say, if you'd like to connect with me, LinkedIn is my preferred platform. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, and we can start the conversation on LinkedIn and go from there. Also, if you're looking for a good book to read, find Killing Cats Leads to Rats. It's my latest book, and it's about unintended consequences of business decisions available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other fine booksellers. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 